Commanders, and welcome to episode 99 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder of Doom for this episode, we have our Chief Bastard, Grant Psycho Kai Walcott. Good evening. The Head of Station Archives, Colin Phoenix Defire Ford. Good evening, everybody. And Head of Station Entertainment, Chris Commander Thane, Jarvis. Hello, I very nearly didn't unmute my microphone there. <laughs> that would never be hit on before. Yeah, quite. We're also, we're also squeezing in two very special guests. We've got Eckhard Kutzner, sorry, Eckhard Kutzner, otherwise known as Commander Dexter Wolf from the Mobius Group. Hello, everybody. And facing off, we've got Shawnee Orley, otherwise known as Orny Shawler. From Smiling Dog Crew. Evening, people. How is it going? It's going good. So we've got a we've got a big show tonight, but we'll start off with our usual introductions. So, Grand, what have you been up to this week? Um, I've been um, twiddling my thumbs a lot. No, no. <laughs> we've had a, a another uh, family bereavement, a slightly more distant oh, no. uh, bereavement this time. Where not nothing particularly, you know, no one we liked. And um, <laughs> so your thumb then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dylan, I love no, you. No, no, he's fine. They're all doing fine. Um, I have actually been backward and forward to the vets with kitten number two, who, for whatever reason, and we're not feeding his brother growth hormones or anything, but he's now about you know a quarter of the size of his brother, which is fine. Cats grow at different rates. That's all hunky dory and such. But when the big bugger jumps from heights and lands this poor wee kitten, um, our concerns are that he's, he's not putting on weight at the moment. Uh, we had him at the vets today, and thank goodness he's put on weight since last week. So that's a really good sign, and we've got some special food to try and help him. And, uh, yeah, it's just been fun and games, and they are crazy. So I know that at some point tonight they're going to run across my keyboard, hang up my call, um, do all kinds of stuff, because that's what they love to do. That and playing some Elite, I had uh, I did some Rubigo running, which was interesting and boring. I did not get involved in the community goal as I was going to, but other things came up in the real life that stopped me from being able to do that. And then I did some XCOM again, XCOM 2, which is just a joy of a game. No game can make you swear quite as much. Well, apart from if you were in Mobius groups this last week. But no other game can make you swear quite as much as XCOM 2 does when your veteran with his massive weapon can't shoot something standing two squares in front of him. It just makes you swear. That sounds like like me and Chaos. Walk home! I'm not even putting you back in the ship! You're walking! Anyway. (laughs) It's been a good fun week, actually. It's true. You do sometimes feel like uh, it should have an option for, like, is is enemy point blank? If yes, then do not miss. 
That's the line of code they're missing. <laughs> it's like you shouldn't really... If someone is standing in front of you, there isn't really an excuse. I mean, you could, you know, just drop the gun on their foot if you can't hit them from that range. Anyway. It's, yeah, especially when you've only got one blooming life point left and you're, you're, <laughs> you could just drop it on their feet. Oh, yeah. I love the frustration that that game brings. It's just something special about it. You masochist. So I'm guessing, Jarvis, you've been playing some XCOM as well this week. I have. Uh, so far, Ben, you're still alive, but, you know. Yay! Anything, anything could change. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, can, you can go to the memorials board on my game of XCOM and see most of the Lave crew in there. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I agree with Grant. I mean, it's a, it's a punishing game, and it's one of those things where you, you know it's a punishing game when every single unit feels like it's overpowered um i've just i don't want to i don't know i don't want to spoil it for anyone but there's just there's a new enemy that i've come across that looks a little bit like the um what were they called from uh bioshock the big like diving bell monsters is it the big sisters the big daddies big daddies daddies. there's a thing that looks a bit like that and i'm just gonna say dick move just real just dick move (laughs) really on that unit just Ah, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, and, and I've also been... Um, I've finished the draft for the uh, the Chaos Reborn audio drama script, uh, which is good, uh, and hopefully um, that's um, with Alan for kind of fiction checking and uh, obviously a little bit of quality feedback as well, because obviously working for myself, I don't really have a peer review. Um, so hopefully that'll go well. Uh, Alan is quite honest with his critical feedback, so <laughs> I'm, I'm bracing myself for that to come in. Um, and yeah, it's great because it means we can move on to casting, which is obviously partly a really exciting step. And also, I think for the Kickstarter backers, that's the thing that's going to be really interesting for them is to hear, you know, who the people are that are coming and playing these uh, playing these characters. But it's quite a nice stage to be at because unless the script is in really horrible shape, which I don't think it is, we at least know now who the parts are that need casting. Whereas obviously, until you've got a working kind of structure, theoretically any characters could come and go. So it's obviously quite difficult. Um, so that's been my week. I've also been playing Elite, and I'm, I'm I'm looking for even more to an update to the mission system because every time I sit down and play missions, like fifty percent of the ones that I play just seem to be really broken, um, which is very frustrating. Because I like the missions, I like taking on missions. I'm not really a big kind of hauler or a, or you know or a bounty hunter or any of those things. I like to check the bulletin board and take on interesting missions. And when I'm not able to do that, it kind of puts me off. No, I can get that. I'm I'm very much the same, I guess. But I know what missions are broken, and I do just avoid them, which is a shame because they yeah you know, they look like fun, but they're just buggered. Sorry, it's not even nine o'clock yet. Whoops. Oh well. Anyway, Colin, what you been up to? Oh, me. Right. Um, let's see. I've been doing a little bit of work on the miniatures game. Uh, me and Dave Hughes have got to the point where it's actually... Well, I reckon the, the alpha, if you like, is complete. Cool. Uh, we've, we've, we've cleared up the rules, and it's now at a point where we've worked in it enough, and we can then separate things again, if you see what I mean. So we've got a core rule set which will work in both the RPG and in the tabletop game. And now it's, it's just putting on the finishing touches, well, as far as I'm concerned, putting the finishing touches, putting some balancing in, uh, and getting the points balanced right for the, uh, for the miniatures game. Uh, apart from that, obviously playing a bit of Elite. Uh, at the moment, uh, I have discovered that there is a, uh, a war going on on text or vases, 
and they pay very, very well for battle weapons, which is available just for the system next over. So I'm, I'm actually ranking up the, the, racking up the credits quite nicely at the moment, which is very unusual for me. But I do, I do agree about the mission things. Um, as part of my top shift, latest top shift, the reason that there hasn't been a top shift for a while is because I've been going through each of the missions trying to find out which ones work and which ones don't. And I must admit, I didn't think that many of them were broken, and I was wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the new ones that you know we always wanted to try. They, oh, yeah, Chris, I didn't realise how bad they were. So yeah, it's it, it's a real shame. It, it, I mean, basically, the missions that are a sort of um, uh, substitute for, for for just trading are kind of fine, uh, and then anything else just sort of seems to be quite quite problematic. Well, the assassination ones are still fun. Yeah, the, um, the ones that have been with us since the beginning, but I think everything that was added... Well, no, not everything. That's very unfair. No, a lot no. of what was added in 1.5 I mean, is actually largely non-functional. Well, some of the yeah, planetary missions I found are, are quite good. Some of those are good. Yeah. But, but um, um, at least the assassination missions have been fixed up from what they were uh, like prior to 1.5, where you just never find the target and that kind of stuff. Um, you, you can actually make some money out of those things. Yeah, uh, and oh, and I am—I'm one XCOM behind you guys. Uh, I am still running through an XCOM one, and uh, I have to say, God, that's a bugger of a game. So God knows what it's going to be like when I move up to the second one. Well, um, oh, Johnny, you went off and said something. So how about you introduce yourselves and tell us a wee bit about yourself and what have you been up to? Um, well, my name's Sean. And um, I'm one of the founding members of the SDC with um, uh, Commander Sunday. And um, we've been gaming hard. Well, not so much me. I've been actually, like, um, doing sort of PR stuff while I work and do audio stuff. Um, I run a recording studio. I'm putting together a live show at the moment where I'm making all uh, the backing tracks for the music, taking out the drums and the guitar, and the guitarist does the singing and I do the drumming. Uh, that's what I do in real life. Um, gives me the opportunity to get away from that, to come into uh, basically elite. The only game I play, I'm sort of a one game kind of guy. Um, prior to that, I was in to Eve for a good five years, which is where um, some of the smiling dog culture came from, um, and some of our special brand of like uh, bad just comes directly from uh, the different large corporate entities and their mischief that's that was eve online some of the stuff that makes eve online just super interesting yeah and super deep and uh very emotional um that's one of the things that we really like about elite is its ability to to draw emotions from people yeah people get very attached to their spaceships oh we've definitely seen a lot of emotion this oh this week Oh, yes. Right. Eckhart, what about yourself? Introduce yourself to the to the audience and tell us what you've been up to. Okay. Um, I'm Eckhart. Uh, my in-game uh, name is Commander Dexter Wolf. I'm Wolf on the forums and on our own forums. I take care of the Mobius uh, PVE Group's website and uh, the technical stuff behind it. I'm also actually uh, a single, single game guy, guy at the moment. Uh, playing only elite. Uh, in real life, I'm IT guy, databases. Uh, that's about it. 
Okay, the big question, is it Oracle or is it SQL Server? Oh, ha, neither nor. It's, uh, <laughs> Sybase. <laughs> it was Sybase, actually. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I, I was a Sybase uh, DBA once, and uh, now I'm the head of the team taking care of MySQL and Postgres and some I like Postgres. other stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. <laughs> Yeah, the digital industries are great for giving you time to actually do stuff that you want to do in your real life. Right. Uh, not yeah, nearly. No, enough. maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Right. Okay. That's cool. Right, we're going to move into the development news for this week. So we had the development update from the 18th of February by Monsieur Brooks. So he went off and did his usual brain dump, and it was a heck of a brain dump this week. Um, all he's talking all about the uh, variety in the game, but I thought the interesting thing that was actually the first thing he said was, "It's the penultimate update." So I'm guessing that means the development update this week will be our final dev update for 2.1. So that makes me think maybe we're going to be seeing some 2.1 alpha or beta or whatever you want to call it next week or two. Do you think that's a reasonable assumption, or am I being a wee bit optimistic there, or what? I think you might be being a little bit optimistic there, Ben, to be honest. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Um, they always like to prime it up and make us feel like we're getting something a bit sooner. It um, <laughs> keeps us excited, string yeah. it out a bit. Yeah, Frontier are definitely good at getting us chapping on the bits. And champing, that's, and champing, and champing, yeah. Something they've learned well from other games. Yeah, Swines. And Ed and Zach are both very good at it. I, I should just say I've signed an NDA so I can't discuss this particular issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, what, were, you, uh, were you at Frontier Towers recently, Jarvis? Yeah, yeah, we had a good uh, discussion about this last week. But yeah, me and Fozzer <laughs> went and uh, visited Frontier and talked to David Braeburn and, um, you know, pressed lots of questions. You're that, are you? Well, um, I'm not really, because it's not that I'm not allowed to discuss that. Um, I just don't want to spoil the 100th episode, which is which we need to do a lot of pimping for tonight. Uh, basically, next week is our 100th show, and we have a long show. We have all kinds of cool stuff. We have an exclusive interview with David Braben. Uh, we have loads of really exciting stuff to announce that is going to be happening around our 100th. So there's some stuff in-game you're going to be seeing. There's some stuff we're doing you're going to be seeing, uh, and it's generally going to be very exciting. So, but it's kind of difficult because I don't I don't want to spoil it by saying these are the things we're going to be doing. But at the same time, it'd be really nice to tell people what we're doing. Uh, but we'll we'll see how that works out. <laughs> right. Every time you hear Jarvis mention the hundredth show, take a drink. Yeah. We'll be hammered before nine. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Hundredth show. Um, 100th. Was that the hundredth? Yeah. Yeah, hundreds of yeah next week. So this is ninety nine, and you know what? I really, I've, it's such a shame about um, you know for things like the YouTube export and various other things that we don't have a a kind of license to do commercial music because I really wanted to start tonight's show with the uh, the German version of ninety nine Red Balloons because mm. I just think it's great. But unfortunately, you know, we can't we can't do that. What well, you mean? Technically, you could sing eight seconds of it. <laughs> <laughs> I said I like it. So I didn't say I know. And I could do a remix for you guys, yeah. So basically, no you'd like like, I could make I could make an eight second backing, like in half an hour or something like that. If you wanted to sing something like that over something, <laughs> I'm, that really, I'm really like not. A challenge to me. I'm really not. 
Right, anyway, moving on to the 2.1 update that we got from Mike. So it's imp- all about improving mar- uh, improving variety. So they're going to be giving us some more missions at neutral rep. Um, but on the other side of that, if you have more reputation, then that's going to gain that you've got even more more missions, and those more advanced missions are going to give you better money. Um, so that that sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I think I think it's fair to say that you go off and you look down the list, and it's like, yeah, you can't do that because you're not light enough. You can't do that because you're not elite. You can't do that because of this. You can't do that because you've got an orca. And it's like, yeah, that, that's kind of frustrating, seeing all these things that I should be able to do, but because I'm not liked enough by the guys to do the thing, to haul ten tons of trash for them, that I can't go and get liked with them, which is, that, that kind of sucks sometimes, I think. And ho- Yeah, like, well, what kind of, that's, that's the kind of mission that you would expect that is uh, how you would get your standings, not like, you're not, we're not giving you our trash to haul out. Yeah, exactly. Who are you? You know, it's the, there's that little element of, like, like who thought of these things? Uh, I think it's random chance, but yeah, it, it's yeah. hopefully we're going to see better sense behind the missions as well. Um, Just a little bit better storyboarding, yeah. Which leads nicely on to my next RP. point. Makes the RP more immersive. We're going to get a, apparently there's going to be a three-stage hierarchy for generating the missions. So you're going to have the state of the minor faction, so whether they're in war, in famine, or whatever. The kind of market that that actually is, so if it's like a high tech or a or a oh uh, industrial whatever agricultural uh, refinery yeah, those ones yep they're the ones uh, and then of course the type of government as well so all these things apparently are going to go into the mix along with all your other stuff like your rep like your faction rank and all that kind of stuff and hopefully give you things that you can do um, and also there's going to be I believe that if there's, they're re- they're removing the rank re- requirement so that if it says dangerous, it might be a dangerous rank just now, but that's just going to mean well, this is going to be a dangerous mission for you or an elite mission or whatever. And the higher the ranking of them, the harder they are, but also the more money you're going to get. So I think that sounds kind of fair because you know you could go and take an elite mission at your risk, but if you die, then it's your own darn fault. I must admit, I do prefer that to the to the the exclusion barrier that you've got at the moment. Um, but you do know that there will be people going. Um, I've just lost my sidewinder again. I keep on <laughs> taking this mission, and I, it keeps on blowing me up. I'm only harmless. Caveat emptor. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that 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 sort of thing will put the the dangerous back into the game because, like, what you're saying with the missions there is something that we believe that the game does is just molly calls people um and it's a bit cotton woolish um you know like we we think that space is dangerous and um you know if you want to take on an elite mission it's just like yeah take it on at your own risk but expect to be you know expect it to be dangerous um yeah, i mean i've I've, you know, so. I've always said when i wa- when i go into read quart i want to come away from that place with brown pants yeah, yeah. You, you want the to. adrenaline. That's yeah, what you. That's yeah. what you want in this game. That's that. I mean, it is the single best spaceship combat simulator on the market. There's no doubt about that. Um, the the flight mechanics are exceptional. Um, it's been really, really well done. There's just it lacks a bit in gameplay. Um, and that's sort of you know where we try to push the um our our own brand of content as well. Yeah, just to try and excite the game a little bit more. Um, 
the people are talking about it, then they're, then they're, um, they're recognising that there's something happening in the game that's drawing some emotional response. Um, yeah, well, we're obviously we're going to be coming on to that in the main discussion of the topic once we get through all the dev news. But, yeah, yep, I, yep. I, I basically agree with you in, of, for that. Um, so we're going to be given better feedback as to what kind of what the mission's going to do for the background sim. So I think that's a fair point. It's like, uh, yeah, at the moment, at the end of the mission, it says, you know, it's done a little bit of stuff and it gives us some feedback, but I think we're all left feeling, what the heck have I actually just accomplished here? Um, but with all these things, I really I want to see what they're actually going to show us before I make any judgment calls. Because hopefully it'll be good, but who knows? So I think this is an interesting one. Obviously, at the moment, we've all got USSs, and we're used to flying around the system, randomly dropping into unidentified signal sources to find that um, person you've got to go and save or find these cargo canisters and things like that. And that's now going a lot more... They're going to be at a specific location. It sounds to me like it's going to be our ship crashed outside of Lave Station, and you'll see a USS yep. outside of Lave Station, and then you go there and you'll see some wreckage, and hopefully it's going to be a lot more... Le- you're going to be led into it a lot more, hopefully, rather than just fly through the place and hope that this low-signal low source is actually what the one that you want by random chance. I think this is an interesting one. It gives us actually... We're getting a, a use for nav beacons now, because nav beacons are going to be able to be scanned to give system information. So I think that's going to, you know, you're going to have a reason to drop in in your nav beacon when you show up at a system and you don't know anything about the place. And then you can go and scan the nav beacon to actually get, hopefully, a full system record of where you are rather than having to do your great big ping of doom. Which is, which is a great idea to actually make the nav beacons be incorporated and actually mean something rather than just something that's there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they're just... Okay, we, I can see why they're there, but it's just like they—they don't—they don't do anything in game at the moment. Weren't and they originally there because that's where you were supposed to jump into, and they changed it so that you come in to hyperspace and super cruise instead that, of coming in at the Navca beacon. That might—that might be the way it was originally done, yeah. But then, how would that work for flying to Saga and all these other places? Because they don't well, have map beacons. Well, it'll probably be um, the closest well, part of the star, but, you know. <laughs> Splat! <laughs> with, uh, but with this will be fine. One, that, with, <laughs> with version 1, that was where you went to look for your pirates and that kind of stuff if oh. you were missioning a system that didn't have, mm-hmm. like, res sites or something like that or, or belts. So you just go and, and hit the nav beacon. It's still not a bad um, place for doing your bounty hunting even now, to be honest. Yeah. It also used to be the only place you could really find PvP early in the game. It was the only place where, you, like, um, around um, LHS three four four seven and that uh, you could jump in alpha, and find yeah. fights. Yeah, you could jump into them nav beacon and find fights there. Uh, it was it was fun going into LP. Oh, what was it LP ninety eight Mark one thirty two or something on ninety seven Mark one thirty two? The anarchy, the anarchy system, right? Yeah, there. the anarchy one in alpha. In alpha. Yep. Happy days. <laughs> um, I think another thing that they're adding in, which makes a lot of sense again. It's like, rather than ships seemingly flying around the place willy-nilly, we're going to actually have traffic lanes in-game. So the nav beacons, we're going to have... You're going to fly into the sun, 
not literally. And then there's presumably going to be traffic between the nav beacon and the stations or between the planet and the stations and so on. So you're going to have all these different traffic lanes rather than just random places. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, just that. If you have traffic lanes and things, I'm just thinking of that horrible, horrible abomination of the uh, the latest X series. <laughs> That's traffic lanes we don't want. Mm, why? What does it do? <coughs> well, no, no, if you're going to go, don't, don't don't let me go there because otherwise you'll end up with a half an hour rant at how how X Rebirth was horrible. Okay. No. Why don't we just go go back to the original plan of just you know. Nav points of interest. Yeah. Because we don't want that, Ben, to drop the whole drive lanes rubbish. We don't want that. We want to be able to fly across lanes and yes. go another we, direction. We can fly across yes. lanes. We don't have to fly through the lanes. It's Yo, just Ben, ben yeah? we yes. want freedom. Remember what that is? Uh, we want our freedom, but we... Freedom! <laughs> there we go. Oh, God. Have <laughs> I slipped onto a Scottish podcast again? Yeah. So. I do apologise. Yeah, I was going to find out the bagpipes now. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I was I should have... earlier, I did have haggis for my, te- for my dinner tonight. Yeah. I, sh- I should apologise now as the show's resident minority for tonight. That, that You know, we're, we're <laughs> lacking in diversity tonight. Although, actually, to be fair, it's a bit better than it normally is. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we've got we've got an Englishman, an Australian, and uh, well, and a Welshman. No, no. <laughs> a German. We've almost got a joke. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, and Grant Nopiol Frioso, however how the hell you pronounce that, is asking for some bagpipe music for the advert break. Okay, right, I'll see. <laughs> well, it's, it's really going to be Chris that will deal with that, but I'll see if I can find something. <laughs> God, I, I can't promise I won't mute it. <laughs> Right, we do have some good news coming out of Frontier Taz today. That Capital, at long last, is actually going to get some land, so it's no longer going to be a water world. (laughs) Mike has gone off. Mike Brooks has gone off and manually edited the game so that Achenar actually has somewhere where you can land your ship and you know have a little thing like a palace and things like that. So I think yeah, that's going to make a lot of these law people happy. Well, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I I think. uh, Yeah, capital was meant to have have land and things, so it was always a wee bit confusing why it didn't. Well, it's just because of all that inbreeding. You know, they developed webbed feet, so they decided they needed something to swim in. (laughs) Oh, it's just the emperor's swimming pool, is it? Yes. (laughs) Right, and another nice, exciting piece of shinies. We've got some ship skins coming in for the Anaconda. Um, yeah, yeah finally. Finally. Apparently, apparently, they're very sexy. Apparently. Yeah. Well, I like my gold condor, so I, I'm happy with that. But <laughs> You like your bling, don't you? I do like my bling. <laughs> hey, hey I, I've got a golden ass, so I've got a golden condor, and I've got a golden furry lance now. Yeah, Ben, I've got a golden viper. Good grief, it's the Ali G of the elite <laughs> ship world, isn't it? I was going to say, you got a grill in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no teeth to attach them to. Mm. <laughs> right, so then we've got some a nice little announcement for from Zach for the Galactic Academy. Are we allowed to talk about this, Jarvis? Yes, he specifically gave it to us so that we could let people know about it. 
in that case then take it away oh god okay apologies for those watching twitch the game is about to start looking really boring um yeah basically um you've got uh let me bring up the show notes um frontier are creating a thing called the galactic academy which is designed to kind of reach out to new players uh, i think i think that the target is new players and players who have quite low hours in terms of playtime and it's basically a way of giving people uh, a kind of signposting to help um about how to play the game and the, the way it's been done i suppose in a in an extension of what frontier have done with the ambassadors um thing they're taking on elite dangerous community uh, players and volunteers sort of veterans if you will who are populating this galactic academy and will become kind of i guess big brother figures um for uh uh you know for new players and it's really just about giving people giving people a kind of way into the game explaining some of the more obscure features i don't don't know exactly how it's going to manifest i don't know if you can you know as as a new player as part of the galactic academy i don't know if it will go as far as being able to wing up with one of these volunteers and um and, and kind of get help in the game that way but it's certainly it's designed to be a bit more of a kind of in-game tutorial if you like a bit of hands-on sort of hand-holding um but done with other players rather than in a sort of tutorial way i think it's a good idea um it's just it'll be just interesting to see how it works uh, and and how effective kind of new players um and i don't know as well if it because they've said they're going to target people with low um low hours uh, i don't you know is that going to be people who've only played it for four hours in the last 18 months um you know, because those people have probably lost all keen. But maybe it'll bring them back, and maybe that's part of the plan. Well, I will, I will say one thing. Um, in my Top Chef videos, but definitely the most import, uh, the most popular ones are the ones where I go through the very basic steps yet again to explain, you know, the little tricks about the compass and uh, and what to look out for when you're landing and that kind of thing. Um, there is definitely an appetite out there. A lot of people are seeing these highly advanced manoeuvres that people are doing, wishing that they could do that, but not, um, but kind of losing heart when they can't. So, Jarvis, also... you said that this is going to be in-game, because um, from reading that was my it, assumption. it sounded like it was... Okay, I was assuming it's going to be a website. It'll be yeah, awesome be... if it is in-game. Yeah, that's why um, I, you know... Um... I think because they're saying that there's going to be things like they're going to be using TeamSpeak and Discord for it, so you've kind of got people on live chat, um, you know, while you're playing the game. Yeah, I I don't think it would be out of consideration to say, if you're talking to someone on, you know, like Discord or something, to say, you know, is there any chance you can actually walk me through how to wing up and how to set things like nav beacons? Because I'll be honest, even the amount of time I've played this game... I still don't understand which way round you have to have things like wing beacons and nav locks or whatever it is in order to do that whole following in hyperspace thing. I generally turn them both on and hope that it works, but I've no idea what it actually does. <laughs> and remember to turn it off when you jump away, otherwise yes. you bounce right back in. That's really? one of the funniest things. But okay. Oh, yes. It is. I mean, it's the navlock, your wingman navlocks, what you're looking for, Chris. But we actually had uh, some interest for LaveCon this year with regards to possibly doing tuitions and more, you know, more of this kind of stuff. Now, it's, obviously, if you're an alpha backer, we've been there from the very start. So all the features we've kind of played to death in the beta modes and kind of we get that real sense of understanding what's going on and how to use them. And you take it for granted that everybody has the same background knowledge. 
And they don't. And they don't. I mean, you know, winging up is quite tricky. And people using wings properly uh, and taking advantage of that nav lock and the wingman beacon, which are obviously for two different circumstances. Your sort of wingman nav lock will allows you to do things like when they jump, if you're within range of their wake, it will then automatically jump to the same location so you can follow them. If you're wing using, if they engage the wingman beacon, when you become in range of wherever they've dropped out, you will automatically drop out. And these are really, really handy for the likes of when you're going on a long journey and you're following your wing or if you're in combat and one of your teams get interdicted if you all stay within range of that ship then you all drop out into the same instance and instantly can then defend each other so there's it does open up gameplay and that's just wings when you come into power play there's so many different things that you can do and different ways of using it that your everyday user might not know so they just totally just turn off to it now nah, i'm not going to bother with that just now i know what i'm doing here i'll fly from a to b and do trading i'll fly from me to be and do bounty hunting because I know exactly what's happening there and then so yeah I think you know the difficulty is is who considers themselves an expert enough to be able to sort of tutor people in all these factions I don't think anyone well maybe Karash (laughs) I certainly wouldn't feel confident in telling someone like here's the be all and end all of wings I know it back to front I don't Um, background sim I don't I kind of you know know my ship and how to do what I do and therefore I think we'll struggle to find so if there's anyone out there that thinks that they are an excellent teacher and fancy giving some lessons at Lavecon or I think if you want to become part of this academy, if you do to send your interest in that to the likes of Zach or Ed, they can have a look and see whether or not you fit in that group. Because they're going to need volunteers, that's for sure, to to go out and help people. But, you know, we obviously have got the Lave Radio Team Speak, and that's been a fantastic place where people who really don't have a clue what's going on in the game can jump in. They can ask questions directly, and as long as it's not, you know, Remclep there, they'll generally get a, a pretty nice answer. And uh, no, I'm joking, Remclep's fine, he's just a bit sharp sometimes. But we're happy to co- even jump into game, wing up with you, and take you on that journey until you're confident. And then hopefully, as we've seen in the Hut and Truckers, we've seen people carrying that forward. You know, we've got people who are running events within the truckers group because we've shown them how to do it and then they've taken it on and that's awesome and that's what we want yeah i think what what i find interesting about it is that it's about frontier taking responsibility for their and um, their player base and i think it's fine to say you know from a certain point of view that if you're coming to a game and um uh you know if you're coming to a game and you need help with it in some respects gamers do understand that there's there's twitch streams you can watch there's youtube videos you can watch there's wikis and all this sort of thing but i think for those who don't necessarily take themselves off to those kind of sites you know in order to understand and but you know frontier have a responsibility to their entire player base and if they've got people who've come into the game who don't instinctively go to twitch or to youtube or to to facebook groups they need you know this is them providing a source um you know a way for people to come and find out the information they need to enjoy the game because actually you know the signposting isn't there and frontier know that the signposting hasn't been there i mean but the signposting with most games isn't there and that some like it's something that you game with experience yeah see there's a lot of people in this player base that this is their first real mmo um and that's why they do get a bit lost um and it sort of shows like with our group we've got people 
looking at the forums, looking at this, uh, looking at how the missions are working, um, looking at the damage, like we're doing a lot of theory craft and that kind of stuff. So we collaborate as a group. Um, that's part of the MMO thing. We're, and we're also always very open to teaching people because we all teach each other. Um, and that's a part of our player structure is teaching each other to excel. And that's part of the SDC thing, yeah, is to be... You know, like to, to we'll, we'll take anyone who's you know, we're, like we've taken total noobs. Uh, one of our guys, Z Baltimore, total noob, flew with um one of our top pilots for a while, just in a quiet time, quiet time zone. And um, then I started seeing videos of him popping up, killing guys, like playing, uh, like doing one verse ones and really excelling. I was just like, wow, this guy's come a long way. Um, that's one of the guys that I. Like that that makes me proud, yeah. It's like, wow, this guy's just he, he was just this nice, really unassuming guy, checked in, didn't do nothing, and then we've sort of helped him grind up to a fertile lance, kitted him out, taught him how to fly it, and um he's an excellent pilot now. Cool. Right, well we're gonna move on to newsletter one one two now, which came out on Friday eventually, or Saturday or Sunday for for some of us. Uh there's the bugs seem to be eating Frontier's newsletters server this weekend. I don't know why. But I think, do you guys remember back when Horizons was announced, they did a video competition? Yep. Yep. So we we eventually found out that not only here won, won the video with that, and it's a, re, it's a nice little video showing uh, them flying through canyons and uh, a lot of racing around the um, outposts and things like that. It was a nice little video. Now, hold on a minute, hold on, I'm getting confused, because the original one was, the Community Award was for the video maker, um, that was, that's too long ago, it's been another one since, hasn't there? It might be, I'm not sure, but... Well, because I'm sure the winner of that one had the video of the the guys, now, he was a student studying media, and did that amazing kind of in-cockpit video comms between the pilots oh, and stuff. Oh, that was ages ago. That was before Horizons and everything like that, Grant. Yeah, I know. That's just that's what I jumped to thinking, yeah, that's the one. And then I'm thinking, no, that was no, too No, that's not that one. That's another one. Uh, but they were awesome guys, and they did, a, they did a very cool video as well, a real nice little story in this. In it, whereas this video, it had a nice little storyline, but it was basically, I'm going to... F- fly around and drive around and basically show off some of the stuff that you can do in Horizons. And it, it, it covered that all quite nicely, I thought. Um, after that, we went off and the dis- the guys at Distant Worlds have reached Sagittarius A and Gordon Bennett, a lot of them managed to somehow get into the instances. Uh, I, I think they did some jiggery-pokery to get uh, at least 50... And there are some reports that they even managed to get over a hundred odd people into one of their instances for getting everyone all lined up and and then jumping out. And I'm about to cough. Yes. Excuse me. That was amazing. Yeah, but I I think I saw, I read something about um, that when no NPCs are there, somehow the limits are different. I wouldn't be surprised by that, and I've also because it's PV uh, because it's peer to peer. I think they did some wing jiggery pokery. So you know, I'm here, and then I go off and invite three of my mates, and they jump in, and they're in the same place as me, and then I kick them, and then three more of my mates jump in, rinse and repeat. I think that's kind of how they did it to get a whole lot of people in there. Uh, but they got some really nice. Sh- 
photos of just a shed ton of flare ships and it's absolutely i think you know it's amazing that you managed to get a hundred people there at sagittarius a and it's like, and yeah, that's that's, that's, like, that's fabulous. really really mad piece of footage. Uh, really great. Uh, they must have taken ages to actually get everyone in the same instance and to get it working that well. It must have. I mean, I I know from some of the hut and stuff that we've done, it's been bad enough trying to get like ten people in the same place at the same time. We buy and build. Yeah, there, there was a point at one like just before one point five release where instancing was really good, and we had some really really cool wing battles. Um. That was when we were fighting with code, yeah, and we had our little fallout and did a lot of fighting there and wasn't really a fallout, but, yeah, we um, we had um, some really, really big fights. And, um, there was, what, like 15, 24 guys in fights? So, on um, 15 guys per side, so 30-odd, um, 30, 40-odd uh, people well, about in 12, the instance. 12, 12 aside, generally, uh, is about as much as we've been able to fit. Okay, so I mean, I've heard they've always they've always mentioned a thirty-two player, thirty-two person player cap per instance. So that's that should be theoretically quite quite doable. Um, even yeah, though it is uh, always a bit works funky a lot better as to how the hell it actually works. Yeah, the, the I can believe that works works better in private groups, but probably because you're separated from all the other random bit streams that can and have access to the instance. Probably, yeah. Um, and then, well, talking about be better PvP, but we're going into the CQC stuff, and obviously in CQC you're ranking up up to level 50, and as you rank up, you basically you get access to more more ship variations, I guess I'd say. So you can get more stuff in it, and then you can also get, like, instead of just one sidewinder you can end up having four or five of a choice of four or five of them each with different loadout depending on how you're you're set up um but basically once you reach level once you reach rank 50 you have the option to prestige with it and that's going to give you access to the atelus starport in cd four three double one nine one seven and I think they said there's a there's a nice discount on some of the more pew pewy type ships there. So I think there's a thirty percent discount on on ships. So don't quote me on that. And also on some weapons and other outfitting things. Uh, you can also earn, from what I understand, is you can earn more credits in the main game from doing CQC. So instead of just like getting a, basically a couple of quid pocket change, you're actually presumably getting some real money. But the downside of this is basically you're all the way back to rank zero again or rank one again, so you're down to back down to a single condor with pulse is it pulse cannons to start with? I'm not sure. Yeah, you're back yes. down to the the rank one ship anyway. Um I I I've never been in there. I I actually quite like the CQC rank one ship and you you're not locked with it for very long anyway. It doesn't take that long to get up to rank four or five where you at least start getting some stuff. And hello to you, Baxter. Yes, thank you very much, Crash. Right, and on with CQC. You know, as we know, obviously, the other day, Frontier went off and released Arena for just a fiver on, the, on Steam and on their website. And going in with that, we're getting the CQC Mayhem, where there is a shit ton of streaming going on every single day. Uh, and basically, there's a massive website with that. So, yes, Grant, 
Yeah, I think, you know, the arena, when we heard that was coming out last week, it was just spectacularly good move to get that pop side of the game far more populated because that's been the biggest issue with instancing now. Uh, I think we did one, not last year, last the Thursday before last, we did a CQC in Hunt and Truckers and instancing was tricky again. It was a bit of a pain in the bum. And then after the launch of Arena, certainly on that day, it was really easy to get into matches, which was such a blessing because that's what it's like. You know, it's good fun. It's fast paced. Um, it does kind of scratch that kind of quick, fast action that you kind of sometimes want in Elite Dangerous. Um, the mayhem, I find... Oh, in my mind, it would be so much easier to get involved if it was the one night. It's almost too much. And I know there was a huge, massive battle on Monday night between uh, Mad Dog and Selazin over the Monday night Twitch slot that they've been battling over for some time. So they decided to settle that in CQC and they streamed it out. Now, I missed that because... just I, I can safely say that Dog and Karash... Had their way with Paul with Paul Sakukau, no, with Paul Sellerson. You see, he just needed me. He needed me and his team to give him a hand. Well, see, yeah. that's the problem. I couldn't make it to that one. <laughs> yeah. Other, yeah, otherwise, sounded... I think it might be in a bit of a different story. But never mind. Although, according to the dog, um, I have to admit, I couldn't make it either. I was doing things last night. But according to according to Mad Dog, there was uh, Drew's sons were playing, and oh, they were all on TeamSpeak together, and or Discord or whatever they were on, and Drew's sons were basically yelling across Discord, GET THAT DOG! <laughs> I, I mean, CQC is, is... Sorry, it's, it's a wonderful place for, for grudges. <laughs> it really is, because it just takes it out of the main game, because a lot of times, you know, as people do get... I mean, I don't... I thought I would get attached to ships, but I don't. I get, I get attached to a model of ship. I love the T9. There's nothing I love more than the whole half an hour holding on your your joystick just to correct a loop of shame that's you know that's the beauty of that ship you know it's just you know it can't go off course because it can't turn that fast you know if you point it at an orbital and put it in full speed and then within an hour and a half you're going to crash into the station it's it's a beautiful that's my personal personal favorite i love that ship and I've gone back to flying in a Cobra as well, and yeah, I love the Cobra too. And those are probably my two favourite ships in the game. So I wouldn't like to, you know, settle a score in game if I could do it in CQC because one, it's faster, it's quicker, and it's more intense than it would be in a game. You know, you can't, like CQC, you can't do things like send a hull tank Type Nine into a um, place where there's pirates and. Mm -hmm. When he gets interdicted by those pirates, um, yeah, just really turn things around and surprise those guys. Well, we we done we you, did you do, can that. do that with a Type Nine. We have done it in the one of the hunt and runs when we had a lot of piracy and stuff. Where we, in fact, when we did the Code versus Truckers, um, we had an awful lot of fun uh, with that as well. And it is there. There's there's different. <sighs> The difficulty I think you find is definitely when it comes to a, a normal trader versus a pirate is if you kit your ship out for combat... Let's save this for the main discussion. 
Okay, right. Okay, no, no problem. But the, you know, the point is the difference in, in game and CQC. In CQC, <laughs> you're all you're all battleships and you're all fighting, and therefore there's yeah. not that bigger degree of difference between the ships to create that sense of unfairness. Unless, of course, you're like me and you've got the rapid fire cannons, and everyone's going, "Why does my ship shake every time he shoots me? Boom! Why does he kill me so quickly?" And uh, that's the rapid fire cannons for you. So there's a degree of unfairness there, but it doesn't seem quite as wide as it does in the normal game, which is why I like CQC yeah. for settling personal vendettas. Oh, I'd agree with that. And I think Frontier are doing a couple of really cool things, though, that they've got a bunch of Frontier devs playing not quite around the clock, but throughout pretty much any time of the day, hopefully, then you can have a chance to run into either Frontier Dev, Front Frontier Dev, or FDev Jet, or FJev Wolf in CQC. And if you run into them, then take a screenshot and you can, and you then send an email off to community at frontier.co.uk with the subject line of CQC Gladiators, and you've got a chance to win some shiny prizes. Yeah, take a screenshot of you flying through their burning corpse. Or alternatively, of you've been killed by FDev Jet. <laughs> Oh, I've already got that in the next on the on the next uh, top shift. Actually, me blowing FDev Rhino to little bits of smithereens. Ah, a certain feeling of smugness when that happens. <laughs> yeah, so it's all it's all fine. I mean, I have to admit, I I might have bumped into Jet on Friday night and taken a screenshot, and you know, yes, Jet killed me a couple of times, and I killed him once. But you know, guess which screenshot I sent in. Yeah, that's all. But we don't mind doing that. And it's it's all good fun. And hopefully, we'll well, we'll see what happens with it. Now, on Thursday, Ed is going to be doing stuff with the UGC, which should be fun because you know we love the UGC are a lovely bunch of guys, and I love oh, Reinhardt and things like that. He's an awesome guy, and I don't know who else is going to be doing it, but you know they're they're really nice guys. The UGC, and I know Crash likes them as well, and I think. They did a lot of stuff at Gamescom, if I remember correctly, in in Germany last year. Finally, we've got a couple of lovely little pieces of artwork. There was a beautiful, beautiful freehand Imperial Cobra, which I don't know. He's got it so it looks like it's floating above the page with nice use of shadow there. But what I don't know is how did he manage to get it so it looks like it's above his desk as well? So if one of you guys who can actually do art can tell me how he did that... That would be awesome because I don't know how you do that kind of optical illusion. I think it's, uh, perspective. it's using perspective <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, to, I mean to do that kind of stuff, you basically you you've got to draw the thing like in three D so that when you're looking at it flat, it looks three D, and then if you get it, you use the camera angle to make it look like it's elevated. That's by by turning the taking the shot from an angle. Okay, the three D effect of the original drawing. Yeah, I was wondering if he maybe, you know, he did that and then took pe- took a pair of scissors to the top of the image or something like that is what I was wondering. No, no, just um, no, no, that, that's, that's freehand. That is, trickery. Yeah, that's, that's definitely freehand. Yeah, don't believe everything your eyes tell you, or your oh, ears for that know, matter. We know that our eyes lie to us, and our ears, and our ears. And then we've also got some, sadly not to scale, but still really, really beautiful pixel art uh, for those of you who like your retro-style-looking elite ships. I definitely do. Yeah, I thought you might like this one, Jarvis. I, w- I, want, I want, like, a scrolling shooter now of elite. 
Well, oh, like, I, want, I want a version of Elite Dangerous that is just top down. Like the same whole open universe, but just a you know a two D top down view. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So oh, oh a bit like oh Escape Velocity Nova or something like that from back in the nineties. What? Or oh, Iridium. I've not played yeah. that. But okay. Like an like an open world Iridium. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd, <laughs> that'd be so much fun. Okay, Chris, talk about forum dads. We're showing our age here. <laughs> right. Well. Talking about showing our age, I think we're, we're all going to have to go off and replug in our catheters. So, Jarvis, do you want to give us a quick advert break, and then we'll come back with the main discussion <laughs> for the night? He you, needs to change his bag. I say, do you know I? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you do it there all that time. <laughs> I was going to say, you put their you... finger up their cat. Come on! <laughs> I say, you do know that I don't actually have any of the lay radio adverts on my computer. So, so going to no, advert, no, no. going to advert could take me a while. I, I, I have actually do have I one open. I warn you. I warned you. That's it. I'm, I'm streaming. I can't follow everything in the chat. Um, I do have <laughs> one. I do have one lined up on Google Drive, but I can't promise that. That'll do. Let's do it. We buy any ship, bar none. We buy any ship, bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship, bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship, bar none, are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is, we take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Ada, Anaconda, Asp, Bar, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Mori, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsel, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels. This is an urgent broadcast from Commander Elias Thane, about to launch the escape velocity for another haul across the galaxy. Our onboard computer voice is in urgent need of an upgrade. Our ship computer desperately needs to be patched with codename Verity, but we need your help. Please navigate to escapevelocity.laveradio.com and follow the instructions for more intel. The ongoing recordings of this ship and this crew will be available via pirate subcarrier networks very soon. Transmission ends. Okay, that's all I've got. Grant sent me a load of files, uh, so I'm just going to probably have to do the rest of it myself. Now, I should, should say, I've just played that um, Escape Velocity trailer. Um, thank you so much to everybody who supported the uh, appeal we were doing uh, to get Escape Velocity funding up to the $1,000 uh, milestone. Uh, we managed that. Uh, so thank you all so much for people who shared, tweeted, people who, you know, became patrons. Um and uh yeah just absolutely fantastic um so yeah looking forward to uh getting that in game yes ben you are you are absolutely back on the air <laughs> good to know then excellent i wasn't sure if you're talking to us there or talking to everybody no no i was talking to everybody because I, I i i played the two things that i had access to um and then basically just had to go back on the air or resort to silence well so okay. i made We're good i made go, my choice so I, don't, I don't blame you right well as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're joined by a representative from the Mobius group and from the Smiling Dog crew. So I'm going to first of all go off and ask um, Eckhard, do you want to tell us from your perspective what went down over the weekend? 
Well, uh, from our perspective, uh, it was not so special until uh, the start of the week. Uh, we had some members who shot down other members, which is against the group rules. So we wanted to kick them and we couldn't. So uh, so we had to contact Frontier uh, support because Mobius could not even load the, the group roster anymore because we broke it with our size. So how many <laughs> are, are in Mobius group now? In the original Mobius group, exactly 20,000. That, and that, that's the hard limit, is it? Looks like it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, we created the second one and we are trying to get people in there and uh, Frontier is going to help us also move uh, server side, some 6,000, I think. We're still negotiating <laughs> uh, over to the new group to make it active and to give uh, the original group some headroom to accept new applicants. And uh, we are now telling everybody, well, if you want to join, use the new group, Mobius uh, Space PVE. So uh, we can grow kind of in both. So Mobius could not kick them and that's why we contacted Frontier and they removed them for us and that was actually it, uh, it was not the first time it doesn't happen very often I don't know, maybe once a week you get a, we get a report uh, most of the time it's either a mistake like oops, didn't know you're a commander you know, a lot of noobs don't know hollow uh, triangle or square is commander, NPC then we tell them, they excuse and everything is fine uh, sometimes people join the group, uh, then play on start and open and think they're safe because they think just because they're part, nobody can shoot them. Those are also a lot of reports. And then sometimes we get the real ones. And usually it's um, pretty quiet around those. Then um, the video was posted. And then everything <laughs> went crazy. We were quite astonished and... Uh, amazed about the reaction also because for us it was finished sorry when you say it was finished then how was it kind of resolved to your your satisfaction at the time well when we have uh people in the group not uh playing by the rules we just remove them and that's actually usually the end of it so um that's that's what i mean by finished uh, that's but the community outrage is yeah like uh, it's, it was quite astonishing wasn't it 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 was it t it took us it took us by surprise totally it was um we uh, the we are uh, 14 people in the background you know taking care of different stuff facebook group twitter um youtube not very active but um you know a teamspeak server administration and stuff like that uh, we for us it was like oh, okay sh uh, should we have a little technical problem we can't remove them uh, mobius like then contacted frontier reacted pretty fast uh, and removed the offenders and um, yeah and then uh, the forums and reddit and everything went crazy and we are like um mm. well we will not take part in that that was our consent as the group admins so what about yourself sean i mean you know i know obviously i don't think you were actually directly involved in any of this but obviously you're aware of what was going on as well i'm assuming I was present on the team speak. Um, I haven't been flying much because my joystick has been like giving me grief. Yeah, it's like, well, it's just something that we do. Like, we try to rock the boat as much as we can. So whatever boat that we can find and just to generate controversy, uh, put some excitement in the game uh, and generate content. I mean, that's sort of like with our corporate line. We um, 
that's what we're really about is generating emergent content stuff that the developers didn't see things that are wrong in the game and that kind of stuff um so like the, the, these aren't personal attacks on anyone this is just uh us pushing the game to its edges and highlighting things that we need to that we think need to be dealt with yeah by the devs and that and but also the community as well. I mean, the community is just like, it just goes into these fits of rage and it's just like, it's, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and it's, it's feeds itself. Like it feeds, it feeds the SDC guys into like stupidity. It's like a bloodlust thing. It's like sharks in blood sometimes. Uh, there is definitely a phrase like, do not feed the trolls. Um, and they keep doing, and people keep doing it, and <laughs> they really sort do. Of, uh, and we're we're built on that foundation of trolling, you know. Um, the for, from the start, uh, we're just about having fun and just like, okay, let's what can we what can we go and do that's not like where we're being. The user was saying it before, freedom. Where that it's a sandbox game, and we wanted to just be able to do whatever we wanted and play the game for its best elements, but um, put some RP in there as well and go with the storyline. So that's what we try to do with our storyline stuff, yeah. What do you think about it? I mean, this has obviously generated a whole load of publicity for the STC. Some positive, probably some negative as well. What's your take on how that's been seen by you guys? Well, one of the things that I've said, that me and Sunday said from the start, there is no such thing as bad publicity. Any any kind of publicity that raises your profile is good publicity. I mean, so this is like raised, uh, like even though Mobius does have the biggest PVE profile and is the biggest group around, it's raised their profile. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that might not have known about Mobius, Mobius before or that option that know about it now. <laughs> Everyone knows for like who Mobius and SDC are. Sort of works both of us. I mean, it's we aren't the nice. We don't do it in the nicest way, but it's we do it in fun. Yeah? Even though some people get upset, but that's just sort of that's what yeah, happens. Some, some might disagree. Oh, some, <laughs> some, some. Well, I mean, but that's uh, we generate the debate, you know, uh, and wherever we feel it needs to be generated. Um, I mean, like you've had problems with your, your group management tools, Eckhart. You know, and there's there's, there's a few things where. Like in uh, management, yeah, where you could probably do a little bit better in like vetting who you let in and do it. But it's it's hard when you've got so many people, you know. And, and that's part of the debate that's been on like the Facebook page is um people are saying they shouldn't do this, and it's just like, but we did. And it's not whether we should or whether we shouldn't. We did. Someone's going to do it. So if if someone's going, we try and think of those things first before someone else goes and does it and steals that bit of, like, glory and notoriety and that kind of thing. Because that's what we're about, notoriety. I was going to say, but isn't, isn't that just an excuse for trolling and ruining people's games? Um, we want to see the game improved so that these kind of things can't be done. Um, if people are doing it, like, in, in, under cover of darkness and thing, that's why we post the videos. Just so look what we've done. This is, like, this is just really bad. And that's yeah, but aren't you? But aren't um, you attacking the wrong people? I mean, it's. Uh, I don't want to kind of draw a parallel that is that is kind of ridiculously out there. But I mean, it's a little bit like you know, if you want to change what a government does, what's the point? Kind of blowing up a bus full of civilians. Now, I'm not saying it's as serious as that because it's nowhere as serious as that. <laughs> but really, <laughs> what I, is I what is what is the point? Yeah, what what is the point ruining people's game to make a point to Frontier? Why not just write to Frontier and say these things are a problem? It's better if the whole community is aware of the problem and gets to debate the whole problem, yeah. But it's um, about attention then, it, really. 
Well, it's a, it's about attention for our player group, uh, attention for the targets, um, for the like because we brought a lot of attention to Mobius. So it's that's um, we're not saying that we're doing him a favour by going in there and like shitting in their conflicts. We're about raising the profile of the problem ourselves and and whatever else, like just to make get people talking and generate debate. Unless you create a division, so if you create yeah. the division, you're like, okay, we're going to upset you guys his, his, uh, by highlighting this problem, um, and that adds numbers to the debate. The, that way, the, the devs get to see both sides of the debate. Um, a bit hard with, with us sometimes because we just get so harshly downvoted, but we do create. We have made our own bed there. But we we try to make legitimate points, yeah, and, and dress them up in like silly law RP. The the RP is it's um some people go oh that's a pathetic excuse and like but that's just to generate the game blame the Thargoids or something like that it's 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 about fun um but and like I mean okay when you go when you go and play football you've got two teams you of guys it's not fun for the poor sod that you're making an example of is it no but it's not fun when we get killed either I mean which we do we lose lots of ships yeah but you um, go in there with the approach of saying right we know we're going to take casualties we're going to raid a group that that's basically all cuddly puppies they don't expect us to fight back we're always going to get in the first shot we're always going to get the kill what, I mean that to me is just ah uh, we'll just take this on as an excuse We'll just say it in the background, that's fine. We'll just say there's something wrong with the game, we're just testing it, but we're really having fun blowing these poor, innocent people away. Yeah, that's what we do. We like we have fun at the expense of others. This is what video games are, though. I mean, like in COD, you'll get your sniper guys that sit in the corner and everyone hates those guys. Um, and yeah, but sorry, can I, can I just interrupt? Because that, 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 that's a different yep. matter. And I think what's particularly upsetting and insidious about this particular thing is you, the, the examples you're making about, like, there being a sniper sitting in a corner or things, or, or, you know, you guys saying upset that, that you get shot at. You sign up for PvP. So if you sign up for PvP and you shot, get shot at and you get beaten, that is absolutely fair enough. But what, what you've done here is you've taken an environment. There are a bunch of players who do not want to engage in pvp now they've made it very clear that they don't want to engage in pvp by joining a group which doesn't have any pvp now what your members have done is they have tracked people down into an environment that they consider to be a safe space you have violated their consent and you have forced them to play a game in a way that you think it should be played. You think that your view about how this game should be played is more important than another person's consent. And I think that's why people it's are so a, it's upset. It's not our view of how the game should be played. It's not our view of how the game should be played or shouldn't be played. We, we just play the game how we play the game. Like the, the, the reactions to, like, to some of the stuff, I mean, like, it's it's really quite small, and we aren't the first people that have done this, and we aren't the only people that have done this. There's been other people kicked out of Mobius for doing this kind of thing. No one ever said a word until we put a video about it and attached the three letters SDC to that video. Then people lost their minds. I, I, th um, I think people are quite shocked by the idea that anyone would be proud of this behaviour. Yeah, that's the point, exactly. The one thing that I think everybody's really concerned about is the the Eve factor because there's always that bit where everyone just goes, that's when Eve went weird, or that's when everyone everyone who wanted a space game like Elite was watching Eve, and then all of a sudden it's the same kind of thing that happened where the the devs have come back and said, well, they technically they haven't broken any rules, which is true, they haven't broken any rules. 
the thing is they've broken the, the spirit or the rule of the group that they invaded. Am I not correct there? Just in case somebody's wondering why I'm not saying a lot, it uh, looks like I don't have to. No, no, we were, we were, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, sorry, uh, we, well, we will absolutely come to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's some of, those, some of that stuff is quite irrelevant to us, like the, the spirit of the game or, or, or like, We've got our spirit of our game as well, yeah. So um, basically what and, you're and saying some, there is that you don't care about other people's play style. You just want to go and have your play style and sod everybody else's in the way. Pretty much. I say, can, can okay. we quote you on that? One of the things that'll, that'll <laughs> explain this thing, right? Okay, we, we, start, we founded the SDC on this principle that we realised that to be in power, we didn't need hard points, guns, or, like, or credits. You just need the will to do what the other guys won't and push it that a little bit further, um, whether it's morally or in PvP technically or that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, we have to, we, we've quite openly stated that we are the bad guys of this game, and if there wasn't a bad guy, um, like it used to be code, but they're, like, they, they were sort of half a bad guy and they're trying to defend their stuff all the time by, and apologising for being pirates or killing people, and that was where... Um, SDC and code fell out in the beginning. It was just like, are you going to be the bad guys or are you going to be these like soft, cuddly, good guys? That There was a, a real difference in what they said they were doing and what they were doing. They were just openly killing, occasionally pirating, whereas we've just said we are, we are the bad guys and we'll be the bad guys and if we're prepared to take all the, all the shit that we're going to get for it because, like, there was a lot of people out there who will winch. There's lots of people out there who will just die and go, GG, mate. And some of the guys on Mobius have turned around and said, that was fucking pretty clever. Uh, it was pretty shit, but it was, you know. Um, but I, I just want to come back to this point about consent, though, because I think it's really important. These players have said that as far as they're concerned, when they're playing online and when they're playing Elite, they do not want to engage with your game. They don't want to play with you. Why are you forcing people to play with you by infiltrating them on their own ground and ruining their game for them? That's, that's not about being, that's not about being uh, a bad guy okay. in a game scenario. That is about forcing your will on someone that hasn't given you their consent. They consented when they give us access to the group without vetting the guys, when they know who they are. Um, and they've also okay. just let some of those guys straight back in. There's there's a real problem with the vetting there, and it's a huge group. It's just like it's a, it's a bloated beast. It's um, that's that's a valid point. Right? That's a valid if point. I do want to come back to that. Can we let yeah? Can we let Eckhart have a <laughs> Eckhart? What's your yeah, what's your yeah. going to take on this? Sorry, sorry if we've done a lot of talking for you. Apologies. No, no, it's okay. It's uh, totally no. He's right. Uh, in in the case of why did we let some of them back in? Uh, the first thing, some of them we didn't know at the time when they applied. Of course. The second thing is, um, ha have you seen uh, the group management panel in game? I mean, mm. it's yeah, we we have. It's, to I have, yeah, <laughs> it is. So we have we have to keep blacklists. Um, so when when Mobius, he's the only one who can do that for the original group. Uh, when he's accepting um, uh, applicants, he he has the list next to him, and he then for each name looks is he on the list, and that just takes ages and with what do we have right now 500 applicants a week it's just shit happens and yeah and that must be huge that must be a huge problem for you yeah um like having to go through that kind of stuff i mean if we can if 
what we've done and all the people we've pissed off leads to the development of better group management tools for, for groups like Mobius and give them the ability to have their big group and be able to filter guys like us out and kick us if there's a problem. Um, then we've then we feel our work's done. We've like we've we've been assholes, but we've also contributed to the development of the game in a good way by highlighting and publicising the issues that. Well, um, you would we will understand when I would not like to give you credit for that <laughs> so easily because I think Frontier was aware of that before. Uh, we were uh, yeah. in contact uh, with Frontier before, and uh, as far as the reasons why you were doing, I mean. Um, I was listening, <laughs> although I was not speaking, and I've heard different kinds of reasons, and um, in my opinion, there were, of course, um, excuses. Bullshit. Because, yeah, it was just for fun. You said it. You admitted it, actually, because before I yes. had reasons like it's about the background simulations, because people in solo and private can affect us, and that's the reason why we do that. And so, that, to add about that, why you did it, it's just, for us, the issue is not that somebody did it or somebody actually put a humiliating video uh, on the internet after it for us. The issue is much more that we, with the, the tools right now, cannot really prevent that. And uh, I hope that gets fixed soon. I think at this point in the conversation, it's really useful to, you know, the, we are sort of moving attention onto Frontier here, and they have provided us with a statement. So I think, uh, you know, then now is probably a good time to to give you guys the official Frontier line on this as it currently stands. Um, Zach uh, Antonacci, head of community uh, for Elite Dangerous, has sent us um, this. Uh, Frontier have said, we don't condone this kind of action whatsoever. Uh, I personally can't stress enough how much I feel this kind of action and the people take pleasure in disrupting people people's gameplay is disappointing unfortunately though the action of shooting a ship in that location the galaxy is not strictly speaking against the rules i.e you know in the way the game is set up it's not prevented from happening um, it's the group rules that state players shouldn't shoot each other i do think this opens up a wider and ongoing debate about player versus environment player versus player game modes large group management tools and i think it's important that we do have those conversations um colin do you still want to go well, yeah, I mean, the whole point about you want to be the big bad guys, um, the whole point of the open area is that's your place to be, your arseholes. That's the place that has been set aside really for everyone to, you know, that's where it's supposed to be dangerous. And every time I'm in open, as now, and I see a little little triangle, a little square, that's the bit where the sphincter starts twitching. However, when you're in the Mobius group, you're supposed to be all friends, it just feels that this smacks of let's do something to uh, to raise our profile and be assholes doing it. And all it's done is it's actually made the game feel worse. Okay, I'm going to actually stand up a wee bit for Sean here and say, okay, fine, from a player killer's perspective... I'm doing all my player killing and open. I'm coming in. I'm being a complete asshole. I'm I'm interdicting people. I'm shooting the hell out of them, and they're going down because I'm in a I'm in a Ferdinand's with beam uh, with oh pulse uh, not pulse cannons. What the hell? Uh, I can't remember. What's that big purple thing of doom? Plasma accelerator. Plasma accelerator. You know, I'm in that with my plasma accelerator, and you're in a Type Six, and you know, I'm well fucking hard because I can kill you, and I'm doing that in open. That 
isn't fun for the poor wee type six who then goes off and cries and runs into the Mobius group to avoid getting that. Is that behaviour driving people into these groups? Is that is that why we're seeing the Mobius group expanding so much? Because a lot of the player base actually are Care Bears, don't want to take the risk, don't want to take the chance of being interdicted, don't want that sphincter twitch emotion. Why Why are people dr- jumping into all these groups when open should be the place for this behaviour, but because people don't want to man up and face the conflict, and because it's so easy for them to run away... Yes, and that makes it undangerous. I mean, see, all the other excuses that we've come up with, like it affects the background sim, people are combat logging that flagrantly in our faces which is like that's against the spirit of the game too and we so we get subjected to that like all day every day and like we don't go looking for type sixes to shoot up with our third lancers we go looking for wings of like we go looking for bbfa um and we have like huge wing fights but here and there there's the, the people get shot up in the cz's um but like that's not our primary objective we don't go out there looking to just club seals and punch babies um but one of the things that we do where we've got a quite a number of technically mind, technically minded people see all our, I'm I'm representing 20 30 guys and their different opinions so like some of these guys are just doing it for fun and some um, some of them are just bastards some of these guys are really really cluey and understand how to generate uh, maximum upset which is something that's become a part of our culture and something that we're known for and we're not going to be ashamed of it we're going to run run with it because People will complain no matter what. They complain about code. They complain about pirating. Okay, if you want to think, we'll just kill you and be done with it, and then you can, can complain about us and for just the worst possible behaviour. We'll just do it and own it. We'll give reasons, but they're not excuses. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole array of reasons which come from the different opinions of our player base, but if they seem to be like some some kind of legitimate, we'll throw it out there. But we do do it all for fun. That's why we all play these games. And you've got, like, uh, people go out and play football. No one wants to be on the losing side. But you can't go and play football with your team by yourself and just kick goals into your own net all day. There's, where's, where's the fun in that? Yeah, um, but you don't expect to get tackled and get a broken leg, do you? There is one thing that I am... I, I do agree with Ben on this one, is that there is... Um, when you get this kind of behaviour, there's actually no motivation to stay in the open. Uh, but and there are a lot of guys who do stay in open, and like there's there's quite no, a no. lot of guys. Now let who, me say, who finish being... this because what I was going to say is that maybe something that Frontier needs to do is put in an incentive in open, such as I don't know community conflicting community goals, which will only happen in open, or mm-hmm. something something <laughs> that makes open that little bit more attractive so that might take a few people out of these things but then again they also have to understand that if you are in open then you're going to have to run the risk of whatever might happen yeah um one of my opinions on this i mean there's a lot of guys who will disagree with me even among my own group is um we need an api system where we can trade goods and also crafting so that the people who want a pve actually matter to us guys who want a pvp so that like we need guys to build our stuff as per eve and that's where that's where guys just go oh fucking eve again but it is it's that's that's what makes eve special and why you've got the care bears actually 
go out into Nullsec and they risk all that stuff because they've got PvP guys who will protect them because it's in their interest to protect them. And if we had that, if, if the Care Bears and what they did actually mattered besides, like, bussing imaginary gold from point A to point B, none of that stuff matters except for credits to their personal. It's like a one-player game that you can play in a multiplayer mode and shoot at each other. It's... um. It lacks a bit of depth and content in the actual multiplayer interaction because it creates a division distinctly between PvE and PvP. It doesn't PvE doesn't matter to PvPers um, except for us to go and make our own money. If the PvEers could could actually hand off some of their stuff to us easily and pay us for protection, we would protect them. And this is sounding a and, lot like what the oh the diamond frogs are called. They're raising detra. You know, it sounds like yeah. they're basically their mercs who enjoy their PvP. So, by the sound of it, you know, I could go off and hire the Diamond Frogs for the sake of argument for the oh the slave community goal that was happening recently. Where actually, I did have a good interaction with one of your smiling dog members, uh, Commander Rinsler, who did yep. some honest pi- well, what I would term honest pirating. It was, uh, but he, I liked what he did because he basically he interdicted me, and he's he's sitting there in his, his Corvette. I was in my trader condo, and he just basically he ordered me to halt, and yeah, you know, I actually did what he said, and he very nicely asked me for some slaves. I gave him him slaves, and then you know the two of us actually had a nice wee bit of a laugh and natter before we went on our way, and that's how actually he was acting like the good kind of pirate in open that I would like to see more of, as opposed to the dickish behaviour that some of you guys do, uh, which, you know, just like, I don't see the point in the pure player killing, but I do see the point in piracy for the sake of piracy. I mean, we indulge our members what they want to do. Um, yeah. That's one of the things that we have a flat... Everyone's a CEO. Uh, we don't we don't have a boss. Basically, we've got the two founding members, myself and Sunday, who just like, okay, here's the principles. Um, and I mean, like, we, the only thing that we do tell our members is just like, don't get upset and don't turn into the guys who are crying about us. Don't cry about them. You can joke with them. You can make fun of them with this and that, but don't go getting serious and crying about stuff because that's like, really, it's a computer game. So that's, a, you know, part of it. If you start complaining about stuff amongst our group, you will get laughed out of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you say that it's a computer game. I was listening to this debate because I was really interested in it, and I have to say, Johnny, I'm quite... My opinion on on you has actually changed. Um, beforehand, I was kind of like, you know, the, here we go, it's another group of people doing the, the shittiest things they can, and then they're going to kind of come up with some kind of made-up excuse about why they're doing it. And it's all about the background symbol. We're going to create a, a moralistic um, storyline that's usually about, you know, ice uh, skin thin <laughs> rubbish that's used to kind of loosely justify the actions. But actually, you know what? Um, I have gained kind of respect for you for you just saying, you're just, you know, doing it to to be next to or to be to have the fun of being that 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 kind of um, notorious uh, bad bad boys and the kind of you yeah. know what that, that's absolutely fine. I disagree with the going into another group in order to do that because you know if open is is empty, if open is emptying quickly, going into groups isn't going to achieve anything. I think fruitful uh, and having been involved in some of the AAA. Uh, group meetings with Frontier, I've seen constantly on the table from the groups is better group tools, so that issue's been raised before, so you're kind of, you know, not really doing anything else. It's kind of like a, a protest 
but you're actually not really protesting for it. Yeah. But anyway, I, 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 really, I, re I really appreciate you coming on and, and, and not trying to sort of flan a little bit with the kind of we're nice guys, really. But actually, no, you can be a nice guy and you certainly present really well and it's really nice to have you on the show. And just to say that you guys are, are playing that kind of bad, bad, bad boy robot in every sense of the word, you know? It does, I mean, we've, we've had discussions before, but is Elite Dangerous actually dangerous? And frankly, no. Is it fair that if you're in a player group like this, that the PVE group where you've set your ship up for whatever the task is that you're doing and then along comes a, a group of people in their heavily kitted out fighters which you have no chance of competing against really and if they say things like you know drop cargo you drop your cargo and if that, you know I don't know for sure if there are pirates in the Mobius group, I think, you know, it could do with some PvE pirates that when they see players have that kind of attitude of taking cargo rather than killing because the, tr the hunting truckers, which obviously I'm very passionate about and, and thoroughly enjoy, we would have had absolutely, and this is downright absolutely out there true, we would have had no fun in any of our community goals if there wasn't opposition. And the yeah. more and I mean, more the, brutal the, the opposition... The guys who were targeted in Mobius, actually, like, um, all of those guys were in, uh, were in ships shooting in CG, so the... Technically, the Mobius rules weren't broken except for a couple I'm of guys. I'm going to come across there. I heard that Commander Flossie was interdicted and murdered by somebody saying that they were in the SDC when she, she doesn't go anywhere near that PvP and things like that. She doesn't do anything to a pew pew, so... You know, she has enough problems with the environment. <laughs> she has enough problems not fighting into suns, let alone doing anything to do with, like actual uh, space combat manoeuvres and things like that. But, you know, we know that she did get targeted and killed doing her thing, not in a not in a war zone. Those things happen. But the, the guys that were targeted, mostly, like I said, there was a few other, few people who were interdicted, but most of the guys who were killed in Mobius were killed in, in a combat zone, which isn't against the rules to, um, to PvP and Mobius if you're doing it in a CZ and you're on the opposing side. Well, yeah, they've got that whole consensual PvP rule in there, but I've just heard back from them that, no, they don't tend to have um, interdictions allowed in Mobius, uh, you know, against any, unless they're organised in advance yeah. and stuff, so they don't have any kind of PvP, so they don't have any kind of role-playing pirates in there, which is, which you know, from my point of view, um, I've played in Mobius once or twice, and the beautiful thing about that is you see a contact on your radar, you send a message of, hello, and you get a, hello, you have a quick chat. Now, if I compare that to my experience in Open, I say, hello, they say hello back, and we have a complete chat. I don't see any gain other than the knowledge that you're safe in Mobius's group is the sort of biggest advantage to these people, and... When it comes down to time scales and, and in the past the debate about PvE and PvP, it's always come down to, well, if I'm jumping on for half an hour, I want to be able to play a quick thing. I don't want the hassles of being taken out, so therefore I'll play it in solo. And that's, you know, that's what's happening. But the, the beautiful thing about these groups and the, the groups having the rules is the fact that you can still do that quick, safe action but you can actually have the opportunity of bumping into friends and stuff, and that's good. Or, you know, as I tend to do, which is I tend to play in open 
And I don't tend to have, uh, you know, touch wood, maybe it's just, you know, wherever I happen to be, I don't tend to run into trouble very often. You know, occasionally I met Han, uh, Harry Potter and, you know, he's a big poo-poo head and I'll call him that to his face because I landed on a planet getting set up for doing a live Twitch stream that's, and the bugger blew me up when I was landing. I didn't even say anything, he just blew me up the bugger. I was actually talking to him earlier today when I was searching for Sean. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's actually, he's a lovely guy when I was talking to him. Most of our guys are really, really nice guys. Uh, like in real life, we're that we're mostly nice guys. But like, we come into internet games and do our sociopathic shit there. You know, like we're internet yeah. internet sociopaths. But and like, that's where so, it's for. And and this is what games are for. This is a healthy way to exercise those kind of things because otherwise, Ooh. people just watch it on TV with their dead heads. Oh, and also, uh, people and might watch. disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that's maybe that's, that's maybe my psychologist doesn't love it. My, my, psycholo- my psychologist doesn't. He thinks it's just absolute genius that you can exercise the dark side of your personality in a virtual environment. He finds it intriguing. I just, I don't know. I just, I mean, the, the whole thing was, as I was saying earlier, and it's nice to have someone come on and says we're just being bad guys and we're doing bad shit for the sake of doing bad shit. And that's, you know what, I, I can accept that and can, we can, you know, you can disagree with, you know, your motives and stuff. Uh, it's kind of hard to accept that nice guys would do bad shit for the sake of doing bad shit. That's maybe, you know, but, you know, again, if you're playing that role and that's what you guys are doing, then that's fine. It's just that's it's very difficult. Player. Yeah, it's very difficult to engage. Anyway, guys, <laughs> guys, Jarvis is wanting to try and say something. Yeah, it's, Sorry, it's, Jarvis. Been, it's, it's, it's been about 20 minutes since Ben said, you, you make the next point, Jarvis, it's fine. I th- what I wanted to really cover, though, is because we've, we've sort of talked a lot about, um, you know, obviously, obviously around the issue, but I think one of the things that's come up is the fact that it's about group management in game. Now, do we think, you know, early on in the process of developing Elite Dangerous, Frontier shied away from implementing groups in game they didn't want to implement groups they didn't want to implement guilds the whole thing about the the creating kind of private groups was a little bit of a kind of a little bit of a bodge to say well actually you know people can you know increase their chances of being instanced with each other you know by pushing the groups outside of the game is it not frontier that have actually caused this situation by saying you know the fact that members from sdc can go into the mobius group that's surely a problem and maybe maybe if you had a tool in the game like i might say i might go into elite dangerous and in my personal settings i might say anyone who's in the sdc guild i don't want to instance with them i just i just don't want them to be a part of my game i mean i can individually block players if they've killed me i can go into a block list and add people one at a time but that's kind of you know that's a kind of clunky solution to a problem and it's only after the event but there's no way of configuring within the game and saying this is the kind of experience that i want to have eckerhart do you have any thoughts on what jarvis was just saying the design document on groups uh from 2014 uh states pretty precisely that groups were to be implemented and much more than they are now actually the mobius group was founded on the idea that the grouping at that time, which was still Gamma, would be extended to the description we saw in the, in the design, design document. Actually, uh, it was also in the Kickstarter already that you could make a group and you could set rules for it. For example, one example was you can set the rule that if a player kills another player, he's automatically kicked out of the group um, 
maybe not permanently, but for a week or something. He has to go uh, to play in the all group, which was called, uh, it called in the design document, until his bounty was either claimed or paid off. I, I'm not sure um, if, if that was tacked on later. No, it was 2014 in, in the design decision uh, forum, which I sadly was not because I couldn't afford <laughs> to pay myself into that because that was, uh, I think, 300 pounds was quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, but, <clears throat> yeah, but there's a valid point because, I yeah. mean, you know, Colin made the analogy earlier that, you know, you might be playing football with somebody, but you don't expect them to tackle you in such a way that you actually end up with a, a an injury that ruins your game and the possibility of you enjoying the game in the future. But obviously in sport, there is a foul system and there isn't you know, there isn't necessarily levers within in-game in order to punish people for antisocial play. And it's really, it's another one of these things that I really don't want to spoil the David Braven interview for, for, for next week, but he's got some really interesting views about griefing, and he's got some really interesting views about how damaging the kind of attitude that Shawnee and his group are taking towards the game, how damaging it actually is for the community and for the long-term prospects for a game's success. Yeah, but uh, Grant said it before, it's um, all about its choice. Uh, and that's what our group actually stands for, its choice. Um, Grant, when, when, he, when he was talking about what he, do, what he does, uh, he's, he jumped into Mobius and then he went into Open. He goes in solo when he does that. And this is exactly the kind of gameplay that most of our members, I think at least, uh, have um, we we had some statistics from Frontier when we ran into the uh, troubles? Um, the numbers actually we posted them somewhere. I don't really know um, how correct they are, but they said something about like ninety percent of our members are still playing actively, and I'm pretty sure they're not exclusively playing in Mobius. They're playing in open. They're playing in solo, probably in other groups. Uh, my my group page. I'm I'm member of. 12 groups, I think, and I'm jumping from group to group. Most of the time it's Mobius, yes, of course, but I'm not using it exclusively. And this choice, uh, what you also said uh, about, I want to be able to choose with with who I want to play, and I more important for the Mobius group, we want to choose with whom not we want to play. That is, I think, a very big part of also the Kickstarter pitch, for, uh, of the game and the design document of group groups how they should work and that that is my take on that that it's about choice about w- uh, what what am I in the mood for tonight um, when when I see some of the videos with big PvP battles when I hear you talk about AI and then we had like twelve against twelve and it was Grant and you said in the the, the Hutton uh, community goal uh, it was really really fun being interdicted and it was like I mean it, it takes such a long time and it's really it's exciting to be afraid uh, that you can't make it after like one hour uh, and all that I I totally get that I I can really relate to that uh, when I choose to play this way but uh, not being forced. Um, all, well, most games try to implement something where you can um, prevent this kind of thing what happened in, in this weekend. Uh, some succeed, some don't. Part of, part of the point that we try to make, yeah. Um, and because there's a lot of this kind of stuff that, like I was saying before, uh, somewhere along the line, someone is going to do it. 
Um, and a lot of the time it's just going to get swept under the carpet and not noticed and that kind of stuff. Whereas if we do it and fucking make and make a point of it, um, then the, the debate gets highlighted because there's, there's quite a lot of things in this game that need to be fixed. I mean, it's got the potential to become the greatest space simulator fucking ever. Um, but there, there, there's some issues. Um, and as far and as the simulation of, goes, it already is. Yeah. It's just a gameplay. Yeah. That's <laughs> the game. It, that's right. It's the I game still don't get your reason. I, I don't. <laughs> I I do not. Um, when you say yeah, it's it's about highlighting again. Um, no, I do not believe one second that any of the reasons um, that were given but, in any form. It's like you said saying, at like, the beginning. It's just you, there's for you, different it's guys just, who have their different reasons. Some of those guys choice. are just killers. Some yeah. of those guys are just killers and just uh, and and just idiots, but good pilots. Um, sorry to talk about my guys like that who are listening. Um, Probably they would take me out in, in two seconds. <laughs> I'm but, not. The, but there's also some other guys there that are that are very very smart and like that go well. You know, when we go, someone comes up with an idea. It's just like, well, there's this is the well, we discuss the problems and issues all the time in game. Um, Gameplay, the mechanics, um, and like the hard numbers of like hit points versus uh, alpha strike. How many ships it takes to provide this kind of damage to do this in this amount of time? Um, we, you know, not all of our guys are, are into the in-depth analysis, but we've got quite a high number of guys who are analysing the, the the problems with the games, the pros and cons with different things, um, and we think of ways to highlight them, have fun with them, uh, bring the debate to the table, and cater to like the desires of all our members. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, a lot of the reasons that I'm giving aren't my particular reasons; they're different reasons from different elements of our player group as well. And some of uh, some of those guys legitimately believe that, and some of those guys are just like, yeah, let's just like kill everything, but. You know, so like I can't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm representing them all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, independently of all of this that's gone off over the weekend, Sandro weighed in on some of the uh, PvP, saying that Frontier Development do not want to punish PvP players or PVE players, uh, but they do want to improve the consequences for players' choices. So. I mean, what what kind of ways do you think do or any of you guys think that Frontier could improve the consequences? Oh, yes. We've, I think we've all seen that um, there there needs to be some better response to uh, to the griefing in open. Um, I think one of the things that this has highlighted is that we can't trust other players anymore, which means that. When uh, people say, no, I want to play in this group, and that group has to be abided by that rules, this now means that that goes out the window. Yeah, you can't trust that you can, the Mobius the, group is going to be yeah, pure PvE. This was supposed to be a voluntary system that everyone was supposed to stick to, and we now we know that that is not applicable anymore, uh, you know. I was just going to say, Colin, I, I yeah. couldn't agree any less <laughs> with you on that particular <laughs> statement at all. And, Thank uh, you. and really, really what I want to say is, let's look at this in real terms, right? We're talking Mobius Group. It's 20,000 members of Mobius' group, okay? How many people are playing the game? Half a million? That's a minute percentage. How big is the Smiling Dog crew? 
20 people. Let's really move this into real time <laughs> terms here. This is not a massive issue. This is just purely the, the, the wonderful way that Reddit and forums explode in reaction to things that make this look like a much bigger problem. These groups are still as good fun as anything. However, can we improve the reactions in-game? Absolutely Definitely. If you think about one of the most popular games for just blowing the crap out of each other for no reason is Grand Theft Auto. And what happens in Grand Theft Auto when you kill one player? Not much. Why don't you kill two players? More police come after you. Three players? Tons of police come after you. Four, five, six players? Suddenly you've got the flicking army coming in. Tanks, helicopters, more and more battle helicopters. That's an appropriate response that's not happening in Elite. So what happens in Elite when you kill one player? You're wanted. What happens when you kill two players? You're wanted a little bit more. And this <laughs> continues up until you, what, you've got four, five, six, 25 cotillion bounty on your head. Nothing else changes. And the one thing that even me, and I would think, okay, here I am, I'm in a system number X, and I am not a particular PvP player, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out the security forces in order to lose influence for that main faction in order to help us flip the system. So in I go, I do this. Do I suddenly find myself being chased out the system by a wing of 50 nanacondas? No! It doesn't step up enough. You don't get hunted. In, if you, for example, if I create a crime and I go on a killing spree in Imperial Space, why am I not kicked out of Imperial Space? Why am I not chased through all the Imperial systems where those particular Imperial overlord military folks have uh, the, the sort of, you know, the authority and the jurisdiction to hunt me down? I should be hunted out of Imperial Space. And when I next go into Imperial Space, I should see wings of them. If I dock at a station and the first time I dock, and then they know that I'm in there I should see that whole happening again, you should be chased out of systems and it should make it, and you know what, that is bloody awesome, and it shouldn't be different for killing NPCs and players, it should be identical you should be hounded out of the game Okay, I get that but the problem that I was about to say was that if this kind of thing is going to carry on about these groups not being it, the voluntary system going. That means that we are going to have to implement some kind of flagging system saying that this group is flagged for PvP only or this group is flagged for PvE, which is what my point was. Now, I completely agree with the rest of it. It does need some way of uh, redressing the balance. And on top of that, we need some way to track people who have got big bounties. We, there is, we've, as we've already seen, as... as um, Shawnee has already pointed out, when the entire community gets really, really angry with a certain group, they certainly go after them. What's wrong with giving them the tools to do that? That sounds like fun. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I bet, you, I bet you even the Smiling Dog crew would absolutely love to have gangs of mercenary out after them. That creates... That's emergent gameplay. That's emergent that's gameplay. That's emergent gameplay, and that's what we're yeah. seeking. You know, um, and and player abilities to do that. You know, I mean, that would be nice to have those group tools to, so that people could get together. This is what we we're saying about Nightshady getting um, the thirteenth together to chase us out of um, one of the CGs the other night. Done really, really well. Um, but we, you know, someone needed to stand up and be that point that people could gather around. But there isn't the tools there, um, so he basically had to use his charisma and fucking like local chat. 
to get a bunch of noob guys together to fight off, you know, like a, a couple of like heavily armed pilots. He did well with what he had, and and he won the battle. Yeah, if if those group tools were available, then people could come after us, and they could make that thing. We'd love it. We'd probably lose lots of ships out of it and get kicked around quite a bit more. But um, we'd still love that. But you'd, you'd love being busted down to a sideway and have to stay there. It sounds to me like it would actually be... You know how in Grand Theft Auto, you, when you go on a killing spree, you get a nice little red blob after you, and then players can actually assign bounties on you as well. You know, Can you imagine if Elite Dangerous, anyone with a bounty over a million credits, something like that, you could see exactly where they were in the system map and um, the galaxy map and things like that, and then follow them around this galaxy as they're trying to run, being chased by bounty hunter after bounty hunter. I think that'd be awesome. Anyway, Jarvis, I believe you had something that you wanted to say. Yeah, no, I, just, I raised with Zach while I while I had him whether or not you know Frontier were taking a view on whether people could apply to Frontier help to get refunds of in-game credits. So if you're in a non-PVP environment and you're murdered by someone and you've just lost your T9 with like 50 billion credits worth of whatever you're hauling um he said that they don't have a uh, a kind of official line on it but obviously on a case-by-case basis people can apply to uh, frontier support and they'll they'll have a look at it and decide whether or not you know that kind of in-game refund um is is, is the right response this feels a bit like that if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this program <laughs> type of moment. Yes. <laughs> right. oh, talking about the, the consequences for things, Frontier have admitted that they're considering changing what happens to people. So they're considering a the reputation with the Pilots' Federation for murdering other commanders. So, as he's saying, the the things that they're currently thinking about are the ability to maybe block starport access, and obviously even more increased insurance costs. They want to do the th- kind of thing that you are mentioning, it sounds like, Grant, where the high-sec systems, you come in, and they really are high-sec. If I get interdicted and attacked in Lave or Sol or somewhere that is supposedly a safe system, before the before I finish spinning round from inter from my interdiction, it sounds like I should actually get a whole load of police coming in and saying, "We noticed that you got interdicted. You know, is everything all right, sir?" And yeah, if said nasty horrible player killer pirate goes off and says yar giving you stuff and otherwise i'm going to kill you then the police are going to notice all this and hopefully show up in sufficient force to actually take out a griefer conda before poor newbie sidewinder gets his ass handed to him but obviously if you know this happens to you in Reedquat, then you're the one who wants to make sure that you're wearing the brown trousers because you deserve it but what do you guys think about the idea of blocking off Docking rights to places. I mean, do you think that's sufficiently? Is that a sufficient punishment? Is it not? What do you think? I don't think um, so. I think. You, I think that. that do you really know how many restricts- ships I've lost to the stations already? So, I mean, like people don't see the appropriate response. Like I, I've been shot by the station, uh, like and sent like two hundred light years back to where I came from, uh, coming back to my home station where I was wanted for getting it. Uh, and like went to dock, come out of thing, and um, I didn't have any shields, and I just got wasted by the station and the police as I tried to dock. Soon as the, soon as the copper scanned me, and like that's that's just one instance of like twenty, thirty times I've lost ships like trying to dock um, because I was wanted. So, so I don't think that these um, 
uh, in-game consequences for some of our behaviour. I mean, like, uh, a lot of us have lost ships to the station. Um, so. But, I mean, what about re- you show up at your station and they say, no, we don't want you to land here, tough. And you can only land at the pirate or the anarchy systems. Wasn't that like that in in, I, I, in Frontier back in the day? You couldn't. It dock. was sort of like that, yeah. Yeah, so for, for me, so the most dock. ridiculous uh, thing you can see in the communication when you're hostile to the station and it calls you out as hostile, like this behavior will not go docking request granted. It just, <laughs> like, what? Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think the stations currently, the, the, the way that they were changed, because it was now that if you are trying to get into them and they've got a particularly wanted status and it scans you and finds out, then, yeah, it's all guns blazing and your ship is toast. That's currently, you know, that that was a big change. I found that out to my uh, my own detriment as I'd made the long journey from, oh, crikey, exploring and headed back to Barnard Star and tried to dock in my Anaconda. And I led on uh, on the uh, autopilot to dock at that point, and off I went, had a PE, came back, and then I see you've been destroyed by the station. What for? I I I forgot, and I had a bounty. Yeah, I have noticed that sometimes, you know, the station will go off and kill you, even if you've got, like, a a 200 credit bounty, because you went off and shot somebody who you scanned earlier, saw he was wanted, he then went off and interdicted you, and you shot him immediately without re-re-scanning him. So, you know, you end up getting a, like, 200-credit bounty for yeah. that, and then the station goes off and murders you, which is... It's like, oh, I knew that this guy was a baddie. I knew that he was wanted. <laughs> and you're... you're, 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 you're why? I because Rick Maxwell has got to pay for his blooming Thargoids. <laughs> and it's not the it's um, one of those things. stations either. There's some, there's some stations you can just go, like, anarchy stations, you don't have to worry about that. But one of the stations where I had my ship stored, it was a high-security system, and, um, yeah... But it's close to, I mean, at the moment, I think the stations are are reasonably fair. But yes, I mean, you should be able to get into a station if they don't know who you are. So if you jump into the system, you don't get interdicted, you don't get scanned, you don't get tagged, essentially, then you should be able to sneak into that station. And that's gameplay again. That's good fun gameplay. Get in before the scan completes, before they know who the hell you are. Get landed, do your stuff, and then get on and get out. Um, I think, you know, it would be much better if if we saw... NPC bounty hunters on a much bigger scale, they should be, you know, you should have infamous bounty hunters as much as you've got infinite pirate groups, we know Smile and Dog Crew, and the other issue again which comes into this is when you see a commander on the screen and I know someone suggested if we remove the ability to tell the difference between a commander and an NPC, that might help it might help, but you cannot tell when you scan a ship whether they're a member of any group so you've no idea you're being attacked by the... I mean, if I could see, oh, crap, there's SD, you know, there's some smiling dog crew in, in, the, in this particular sector, I'm out of here. Um, but you can't. So that's, that's really unfair from the point of view of the people on the other end of the pointy stick. So I think NPCs that are actually... Because NPCs can be made more and more difficult to the point where they do represent a challenge, as we all know, as you find out when you're in a war zone and suddenly, where the hell did my shields go? So it is possible for them to represent a danger to pirate groups. And okay, yeah, you can wing up and you can tackle them. That's why I say the, the, the sort of side of them need to be escalated. I think focus more on using your NPC controls to create reactions and bigger war parties to take out pirates and such and reflected in the amount on your bounty suit you don't get hounded down by 15 anacondas when you've just got a 200 credit bounty on your head so there's room for this and it, and, and that makes the game 
light alive, I think. It makes it alive rather and than, you know, just a station sense. going no. It makes sense. It it, it makes uh, makes the game more immersive when there is there's just there's a little bit it's a little bit more real and a little bit more a little bit more logical. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean most of the stuff that you've talked about with the mission systems and like um like relative repercussions, uh, I think you're pretty much on the same track as a lot of us guys here. Anyway, I think we've had an awesome discussion there, and we're running rapidly out of time. So I think we've got a couple of quick things we need to mention. Jarvis has already mentioned that he's getting Verity, so that's awesome, and yeah, I'm really looking forward Woo! to hearing what Verity can go off and do with Escape Velocity. Absolutely. Then the, H- the HCS voice pack guys have been mental over in America, and it looks like they're giving us a Brent Spiner, a.k.a. Commander Data from Star Trek voice pack, and a William Shatner one himself, and that has to be some kind of calm thing, because that would be so awesome. That's really cool, actually. Got a yeah. lot of work those guys do. It's, it's, the work that the HCS voice pack does is so cool, and I am so, so jealous that he's going over to America and he's doing some recording with, with these legends. And it's just like... I'm great oh. a legend. Great actor, great musician. Yeah, mm. it's like... I mean, I, I love some of, of his comedy stuff. It's awesome. He's, he's so funny. Okay, quick message to, to the voice packs people. Claudia Christensen next. Yes, we <laughs> definitely want Claudia Christensen doing some uh, uh, Commander Ivanova. Ivanova, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we need some Babylon 5 related stuff as well. There, there speaks talk. a fan. <laughs> yep, damn right. Commander, something or other, I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I basically I was writing it out all day early, uh, earlier today. I was like, okay, how the hell do I spell um, Ivanova? Ivan over. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just basically, it's from writing it out all day, all day today, so we need some Ivanova stuff. <laughs> and I was quoting her in the, in that conversation, so shut the heck up. <laughs> um, I've actually just I've just finished watching Babylon Five a couple of weeks ago with going through all five of their seasons. Anyway, we've um, we got a question, well, not a question, but more of a request from the player faction known as Null, who are the in-game section of the Google Plus Elite Dangerous community. Uh, we were an awesome bunch of guys run by Commander Bicky. Um, but they're basically asking to help for with donations for ships lost due to lack of insurance, as well as new players getting their footing and providing an escort service for traders and returning explorers. Uh, we're now under threat of being steamrolled by the Winter's Powerplay faction, and they're needing help as our current re- current as their currently limited resources are running low. They're asking for any Alliance commanders listening to please ship prep agreements to DR Crucis, and for any non-Winters aligned players, please to assist them, please undermine Winters, I guess, um, undermine them to assist us staying independent and to help others. No one needs your help to ensure our bank deposits are here for others' remains and and other... That's not even English. This is some slick radio, Ben. You try reading this. <laughs> no one needs your help to ensure our bank deposits here for others' remains available and open for business. 
Didn't you write this? No, I'm I'm just I'm reading what was written to me. <laughs> and anyway, thank you very much, Commander Null. So basically, Null are needing help to combat and remain independent from the and Winter's Power pa- <laughs> from the Winter's Powerplay faction. <laughs> right. Anyway, on to so um. Massive, we've got a massive shout out to everyone who's already sent us messages of congratulations for next week's 100th episode. If you want more, if you want to get your chance to send us more shout outs and get your bit played and also to get some Lave Radio stickers, I believe, then send an email with some kind of recording into info at laveradio.com with the subject line of 100th. Do we want insults too? I think we'll take anything pretty much, won't we? I, th- I think it should be like yeah. I think it should be like the Family Guy special. We should just play all the stuff of people just criticising and saying how bad it is. <laughs> I, th- uh, I think we can have anything, really. Are you Don't... saying you, you want elite? You want live radio mean tweets? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I think we've had a few. What was it we were called recently? Uh, Forum Dads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just need to get winners on the show, and then we'll get enough evilness and moaning and things like that. It'll be awesome. <laughs> the, the, yeah, mean tweets is sort of almost like SDC's paychecks. Yeah, we tried to do things for credits, but we basically found that um, uh, we found a new form of currency that we called smiles per gallon, and it's created by salt. Right. Well, I want to thank all the local guys who have joined up at Lave Station. So, Commander Arkenburst, Asrian, Baxter, Britton, Grand Solo, Nophilus, Saltire, Slapshot, and Yorick Morney. Uh, I also want to thank everybody who's joined us in the, uh, not the TeamSpeak channel, joined us in IRC and on Twitch chat. Hopefully, my co hosts have been talking to you in there while I've been busy in game and trying to wrangle this thing together in some form of order. Um, I want to thank Grant and Colin and Jarvis, and a massive, massive thank out to our commanders from Smiling Dog Crew and from Mobius, so Commander Sean and Commander Eckerhart. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks. Yeah, thanks as well. Thanks for your time. Thank you for inviting me. Any time, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I've just noticed we've just got a last-minute update saying, asking for a shout-out from the for the Wassup Cup, a 50 kilometers point-to-point SRV race from Elmwood Camp to Ferguson Prospect on Wassup A2E, uh, which is being organised by the Buckyball Racing Club. Uh, you can run anytime you like, as many times as you like, from the 23rd to the 25th of February, and you're, they're asking for people to use screenshots to capture your start and end time. They're estimating it should take around about 30 minutes. Um, if you fast, how fast are you? Come and join in, so that's an awesome thing for them if you want to do some racing. But that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with, with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook at slash laveradio. We're on Twitter, at Lave Radio. And, of course, you can join in the Skype chat by adding Fuzzle101 to your Skype channel contacts. We're also on Discord and Grant. What's the URL for that again? For Discord? Yes. I think... You- <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I been a long it- show for him. Go Did- on. <laughs> Discord? I don't, I don't you know made, what the URL You made a URL for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have no idea. Um, oh, goodness, are you sure it was me? I'm pretty sure it was you. <laughs> anyway, we're on Discord. Um, we'll find out how the heck you can get in touch with us for that one. We'll work, yeah, we'll put that up in the, on the episode notes. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Um, you can also join our TeamSpeak server, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Live Radio is recorded live on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 British time and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thank you very much to everybody who's joined us, and until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. If we're still here, we also have to remember that we've got Elite Meet coming up on what date, Grant? That'll be the 2nd of April. April. <laughs> and we've also got Avecon coming up on the weekend of the 16th of July, where you can meet lovely pirates and drink them, because actually they're not dicks in real life, they're just dicks in game. <laughs> are, we, I was, are, we, are we doing outtakes after the show live now? <laughs> we are! <laughs> Okay. Drink pirates. (laughs) (laughs) And cut.